0: And welcome to the UVM podcast, the place where we discuss all things related to utility vegetation management and the ways in which we can collectively improve the reliability, safety, and legal and regulatory compliance on electric transmission and distribution networks. I'm Stephen Sislovitz, and I'd like to start by saying hello to my co-host, Nick Ferguson. How's it going, Nick?
1: Great, thanks, Steve. I'm excited for today's podcast, which will provide a further insight into the wildfire issue as it relates to utility vegetation management. As most people are aware, the issue of trees, power lines, and fires has been an enormous issue in the state you live in, Steve, uh, which, of course, is California.
0: Indeed, Nick. And that issue is becoming more important to a lot of other UVM folks who live in fire-prone areas here in North America and, of course, places like Australia who are also dealing with these problems. In today's episode, we're going to hear about a new utility oversight agency that is focused on fire mitigation. And I believe this type of agency is actually unique to California.
1: That's right, Steve. And most of our utility company listeners are familiar with working under the directives of state and provincial regulators, regional entities, and federal agencies like FERC and NERC. Some locations also have UVM oversight in complying with fire prevention rules, like California, where you also have CAL FIRE who enforces the public resource code. As we
0: both know, Nick, California already had the toughest UVM regulations across the lower 48 since about the 1990s. But the worsening wildfire seasons over the last few years have resulted in the creation of a brand new state agency that is purely focused on preventing energy infrastructure related wildfires in the state. While they originally formed within the California Public Utility Commission, or CPUC, The new Office of Energy Infrastructure Safety, or Energy Safety, is now a new department under the aegis of the California Natural Resource Agency. Energy Safety is now part of this much bigger state organization that includes CAL FIRE, the Coastal Commission, the Board of Forestry, California Energy Commission, and a great many more agencies in the state. Today, we're going to talk about this new program and talk about how it is helping in California to prevent energy infrastructure-related wildfires.
1: And to help us do that, Steve, we are pleased to have, as our guest today, the Director of Energy Safety, Caroline Thomas-Jacobs. A warm welcome to you, Caroline.
2: Thank you, Nick, Steve. Happy to be here.
1: I'd like to start with a simple question, Caroline. Are you aware of any state or federal agency that has the same mission as your department does? Are there any other offices of energy infrastructure safety out there?
2: Not that I'm aware of. We have a very specific mission, Regulatory Oversight of Electrical Corporations Wildfire Safety. Our purpose is to drive utilities to reduce the likelihood that their infrastructure will ignite a wildfire. It's a pretty specific mission. I'm not aware of any other state agency quite like us.
0: Hi, Caroline. It's a pleasure to talk to you again, and maybe you can provide our listeners with the history of the Office of Energy Infrastructure Safety. How, when, and why was your organization started?
2: Well, our department was born out of tragedy Uh, after the North Bay fires in 2017 and the campfire in November 2018, which many of your listeners probably know uh, nearly destroyed the town of Paradise and killed 85 Californians. The California legislature passed Assembly Bill 1054 and 111 to address the increasing threat of utility-caused wildfires. These two bills first established the Wildfire Safety Division on January 1st, 2020, within the California Public Utilities Commission with the statutory authority and responsibility to oversee and enforce electrical corporations' compliance with wildfire safety regulations. And then second, those assembly bills directed that that division transition into the Office of Energy Infrastructure Safety, a new department under the Natural Resources Agency, on July 1, 2021, both as the division and now as energy safety We're responsible for a number of specific wildfire safety requirements, including, most notably, the evaluation of utility wildfire mitigation plans.
0: Uh, Your new organization has a really big task ahead of itself, and that includes direct involvement with safety culture assessments, wildfire mitigation plans, compliance, wildfire safety policy, data analytics, and also addressing other related safety concerns. That's a really big job, and I'm certain we'll cover most of it today, but uh, let's start with your work in performing safety culture assessments. What does that involve, and what have you been finding out so far?
2: Sure. One of our new requirements of AB uh, 1054 is that our office is responsible for conducting an annual safety culture assessment on each of the eight investor-owned utilities in California. In 2020, uh, with stakeholder input, we established how we would do that assessment which includes a management self-assessment, a workforce survey, document review, and interviews. This year, starting in May, we conducted the inaugural assessments on each of the utilities. We released our assessments on San Diego Gas and Electric uh, and Southern California Edison a couple of weeks ago, and we'll be releasing the remaining utility assessments over the next couple of months. Since we're still in the middle of our assessments, I can't speak to specifics. I can, however, offer some general comments. Uh, First and foremost, the catastrophic impacts and heightened scrutiny of the past several years has driven all of the utilities to have a renewed focus on safety, in particular wildfire safety. All of them are making changes in how they think through and prioritize safety. With that, however, there's still much work to be done. We continue to see that a true culture of safety has not yet permeated the entirety of their organizations.
1: Now, that's really fascinating, Caroline. So let's move now to your work in wildfire mitigation planning. As I understand it, utilities in the state need to submit their wildfire mitigation plans to you in order for a review and approval. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. The eight investor-owned utilities are required to submit their wildfire mitigation plans to energy safety. We then evaluate those plans and approve or deny them. Uh, Publicly-owned utilities submit their wildfire mitigation plans to the Wildfire Safety Advisory Board for review, and that, that board, however, does not approve or deny, but issues an advisory opinion for utility consideration.
1: Okay. And how often are they submitted and what types of things do the utilities address in their plans?
2: Sure. The investor-owned utilities submit a three-year plan for our evaluation. 2020 was the first three-year plan um, submission, so it covers 2020 through 2022. Because so much is changing so quickly, however, we require the utilities to submit an update to their plan each year for further review. So effectively, we review the plans every year. In the simplest terms, the plans cover three items. How does the utility understand their wildfire risk? What are they doing to reduce that risk? And how are they improving those activities over time? More specifically, the plans must include what the utilities are doing in 10 categories, a few of which are vegetation management, asset inspection and maintenance, grid hardening, and of course, public safety power shutoffs, also known as PSPS.
0: Uh, Carolina, I know your compliance folks are the ones who continually ensure that utilities stick to their approved WMPS. Uh, how do your folks monitor and audit utility progress in the state?
2: We have a comprehensive compliance assurance program that monitors progress a number of ways. We receive quarterly reports from the utilities in which they must report progress on the specific on specific performance metrics that we monitor. We also receive quarterly data from the utilities that we use to analyze to assess progress and track specific project activities. And we conduct formal inspections, audits, and investigations to validate what they report to us. Last year, for example, we completed over 2,900 inspection activities, and we're on track to complete as many as 4,000 inspection activities this year.
0: Since we are focused on UVM here on the podcast, What are your folks specifically doing regarding compliance with uh, vegetation management requirements? And maybe you can start by giving us some generic examples of what a typical WMP includes regarding vegetation management.
2: Sure. The Wildfire Mitigation Plan includes a section on veg management. Within that section, utilities describe their various inspection types, such as visual patrols, LIDAR, or aerial inspections. They also discuss how they conduct fuels management and remediate at-risk species. We then inspect this work um, as part of our compliance assurance program through our field inspections. Our inspections have two components a general wildfire safety inspection, which we conduct on all inspections, and a second component that's specific to wildfire mitigation plan related projects, such as system hardening or veg management. So, in our veg management inspections, we check a number of items, including whether there's vegetation touching equipment, whether the clearances meet requirements. Is their vegetation causing abrasion or strain on secondary conductors? And are there dead, dying, or diseased trees tall enough to impact utility assets? Utilities are also required to notify us when a substantial portion of their veg management initiatives are complete. And we then initiate an audit of that work.
1: I know that Californian utilities have also spent a great deal of money, time, and effort in using new technologies as part of their fire mitigation programs. What types of new technologies are you seeing utilities reference in their?
2: So innovation is a key element of a utility's ability to address this escalating wildfire risk. We see several emerging technologies being used by them. A few examples are rapid earth fault current limiters, uh, which can automatically and rapidly reduce the risk of ignition in single phase to ground faults. This is still in pilot phase for most California utilities. They also use continuous monitoring sensors, which measure current in real time and report events as they occur, such as distribution fault anticipation technology which is more widely used and incorporates electrical system measurements to alert on the potential for pending equipment failures, and early fault detection sensors, which are at an earlier stage of development than uh, DFA uh, and are mostly being piloted at this point. These sensors offer capabilities for early detection of events that may cause or exacerbate fault conditions. The utilities are also using satellite imagery for detecting ignitions, as well as vegetation concerns and LIDAR, infrared, and drones to enhance vegetation, and asset inspections.
1: That's uh, really interesting. Thank you, Caroline. And are there any other technologies you would like to see utilized more by the utilities? So I guess I would add, um, you know, what, what technologies and data sources are you using at Energy Safety?
2: Sure, we use a number of technologies. Our primary tool is a cloud-based enterprise GIS platform to collect and analyze data and performance metrics from the utilities. This includes a mobile application through which we conduct our field inspections and observations. This platform also enables information sharing with our partner agencies, such as the Public Utilities Commission, Cal Fire and the California Office of Emergency Services. As for additional technologies for the utilities to explore, a couple that come to mind are further development of our artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities. At the end of the day, we need to be smarter about how we do wildfire mitigation. This is a huge hill to climb, and we simply won't make it to the top without leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning. The California Energy Commission also has an electric program investment program called EPIC that focuses research on efforts to help California meet its climate goals. This includes several new technologies or research in new technologies through the CalSEED program, for example. Uh, They're exploring new remote continuous monitoring sensors. A couple examples of those are gridware and NRG solutions.
1: Great stuff. And uh, speaking of technology, and before we move on to our next set of questions... Let's hear a few words from today's podcast sponsor.
3: This episode is sponsored by Live EO. Live EO offers the market-leading satellite-based vegetation management solution, which helps vegetation managers to improve network reliability and safety. The software automatically generates grid-wide vegetation overviews from up-to-date satellite imagery and provides insights about tree location, height, species, and vitality. The system calculates vegetation risk for each span and helps in budgeting and prioritizing cutback activities. The best part is for listeners of the UVM podcast, they offer a free pilot for 30 miles of overhead lines. That way you can find out for yourself whether their analytics are of value to you. If you are interested in the free pilot or in learning more about Live EO, just go to live-eo.com slash U-V-M or simply send a message to info at live-eo.com.
0: And welcome back, folks. I know that large investor-owned utilities in the state have spent billions of dollars on fire mitigation efforts and will, will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But as we all know, a tree doesn't choose who owns a power line before it falls into it and potentially starts a wildfire. What is the state doing to make sure that smaller cooperatives or munis who also have facilities in high fire threat areas are also taking appropriate mitigation measures?
2: Yeah, so in addition to creating energy safety, Assembly Bill 1054 created the Wildfire Safety Advisory Board. This board is made up of seven independent appointees that are technical experts in wildfire and weather and a modeling. The board has a few specific responsibilities in addition to a general directive to provide advice to our department. One of those specific responsibilities is to review publicly owned utilities and electrical cooperatives wildfire mitigation plans. The small multi-jurisdictional utilities, a.k.a. munis and co-ops, submit their plans annually to the board for review And the board offers an advisory opinion on the content for the utilities consideration.
1: And now that you are under the umbrella of the state natural resource agency, how are you going to work with and interface with the California Public Utilities Commission? Also, what other state agencies are you working with?
2: Yeah, so while our structural relationship to the commission has changed, our close coordination remains the same. We have a memorandum of understanding an MOU with them to ensure we can continue sharing information and staff can easily coordinate directly on safety-related matters. We also work closely with the California Office of Emergency Services, Cal Fire, and are enjoying building new relationships with our new sister agency departments, such as State Parks, Fish and Wildlife, and the Energy Commission.
1: We are about to publish a series of podcasts dealing with the connection between UVM and climate change. One of our guests pointed out that all of the trees that were destroyed in fires or are being continually removed because they pose a threat to power lines have been taken out of the carbon cycle chain. In other words, we know trees absorb CO2 and release oxygen, which is a tangible net positive in directly addressing climate change. But we lose that benefit when we either remove or burn down these hundreds of thousands of trees. Is energy safety considering environmental issues such as carbon sequestration when looking at how we mitigate the threat of fire?
2: Yes. While we don't have direct role in specific environmental regulatory requirements, we have on staff very knowledgeable and skilled environmental scientists who evaluate the mitigation plans for environmental considerations, particularly as they pertain to vegetation management. California also has a California Forest Carbon Plan, which includes goals related to biomass utilization, and a California Wildfire Forest Resiliency Action Plan, which includes specific goals related to fuels management, carbon sequestration, and biomass management. As we build relationships with our new sister resource agencies, such as CAL FIRE, Fish and Wildlife, and the Coastal Commission, we look forward to continuing to collaborate more on leveraging our role to help California reach its climate and forest resiliency goals.
0: Caroline, I think we're getting close to the end of this episode, but wanted to ask, since this is a new and unique agency, would you suggest that other fire-prone states and provinces consider also focusing on this problem? And speaking of which, have you interacted with any other states or provinces?
2: Yeah, well, I certainly wouldn't presume to tell other states how they should address the challenges they face. I certainly am more than happy to chat with anyone interested in learning how we're tackling our utility-related wildfire problems and share what we've learned. Uh, I have spoken with our neighbors to the north and welcome the opportunity to talk with other states and learn from them as well.
1: Great stuff. And, and with that, Caroline, I think we'll end by you know, thanking you very much for, for joining the, uh, the show today. Uh, it's been a very interesting and important discussion about the work that you've been doing at energy safety. We certainly very much appreciate your time today and hope we get a chance to follow up with you in the future.
2: Thank you, Nick, Steve. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today and your interest and focus on this important topic.
0: Thanks again, Caroline. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you, Nick, to take us out.
1: Thanks, Steve. So on that note, I will end this episode with a final message for our listeners. We would love to get feedback from you and would also welcome input on future guests or topics you would like us to cover. Please send us an email at podcast at utilityvegetationmanagement.com and we'll make it happen. That's it for today's episode. See you on the next one.